A wonderful Wednesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Coach Jenkins the other night mentioned that we've seen two versions of the Grizzlies this year, a very good one in wins and a one that's not so good in losses. But in terms of individual players, we've seen two versions of many of the Grizzlies players on the rosters, including Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, as well as DeAnthony Melton. What do the true versions of, three, of these three players look like and while they're so important to the Grizzlies for the rest of this season moving forward? That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast Let's get it going. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So much fun hearing that little tune come on after it says Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Just get you in a, in a little bit of a groove. Again, my name is Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, having covered the Grizzlies now for four years. Your host at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. You can find me at StatsSAC below. The show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter. The podcast free on all forms, wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. That's where we will be. And also right here on YouTube. Thanks so much for joining us. Hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you enjoyed the show. Let's others be able to find the show who enjoy great Grizzlies content and just makes the experience best for everybody overall. Also, can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA podcast, free on all platforms, just like Locked On Grizzlies, free here on YouTube, just like on Locked On Grizzlies as well. When you've come to get your news when it comes to the Grizzlies, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast for all the latest from around the league as your second listen of the day. Also want to remind you of the title sponsor of our show today. That's Calm. If we're limited to time, our listeners can join LeBron James in using Calm and get a 50% discount off a premium subscription. Go to calm.com slash locked on MBA. Well, as I mentioned yesterday, one of the things that I wanted to focus on in today's show was talking about Kyle Anderson, but I want to expand it a little bit because I feel like that one of the things that's coming into light is that there are four different levels of Grizzlies players when it comes to the 12 players that we have seen at some point in time on a regular basis this year. Obviously, the one, two, and three options right now for the Grizzlies, as I mentioned in yesterday's show, are Jaw, Dylan, and Jaron. I think that, that nobody's going to dispute that. The second level of players in terms of how important their impact is are the players we're going to talk about today. Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, and DeAnthony Melton. The third group of players are players who are, you know, basically best in a limited role off the bench, or in Stephen Adams' case, this group includes Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and Stephen Adams. In Stephen Adams' case, he's probably going to see his role reduced a bit moving forward. And then the fourth tier are the players that likely are going to step up into the rotation if, you know, another player sits out or, you know, for whatever reason, John Conchar, Zaire Williams, and Xavier Tillman. But the tier that I want to focus on today is that second tier of Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, and DeAnthony Melton. In my opinion, the trio that is the most important to the Grizzlies' fortunes besides Ja Dillon and Jaron Jackson Jr. And I want to focus on these three because we have seen different versions of each of these players so far this season. For instance, let's start with Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson got off to a very slow start to the season. Now, it could have been a new role coming off the bench. It could have been, you know, different assignments that he was asked to do. It could have been that more fell on his plate defensively 
without Dylan Brooks being available. And so obviously that took more of his energy and effort, which may have impacted his overall offensive game. But as time has gone on, Kyle certainly has settled into his role. A consistent search, for instance, in the month of November so far, Kyle Anderson is averaging 10 points per game, five assists, two rebounds, good efficiency numbers most of all, but it's his scoring numbers that have really stepped up. In October, Kyle was shooting 34% from the field and 40% from three. In November, he's shooting 50% from the field and 45% from three. A big reason why Kyle's overall scoring numbers are a bit down so far this year is because he started off very slow on making his two-point shots. That's kind of been a theme for many of the Grizzlies players. They've not been able to make two-point shots at the rates that they've made in the past. But so far, Kyle also is shooting 43% from three, and is one of the best corner three-point shooters in the league. That is something that has really stood out as a positive development in terms of Kyle Anderson. The three-point shooting, you know, step up, the level up in three-point shooting we saw last year, it seems like that that certainly is here to stay because Kyle Anderson is finding his shots fairly consistently, mostly through catch-and-shoot opportunities, but he's hitting his shots consistently. So offensively, Kyle Anderson has certainly settled into the same level of production when he when he's on the court as we grew accustomed to and was very clutch last year. Where Kyle has kind of dropped off has been his defense. Peter Edmondston of a Sports 56, again, a great combination. Now in the afternoons, Peter Edmondston and Anthony Sane, one of the best combos of uh, media personalities in sports minds that the city of Memphis has to offer. Make sure to check them out any chance that you get. But Peter Edmondston brought up a great point. Looking at some advanced metrics for Kyle Anderson, he's really fallen off in terms of his individual impact when it comes to his defense. Now, I do feel that one of the reasons why that is is because Kyle Anderson has likely been tasked many times of more one-on-one -on -one defense, more of really focusing on stopping an opposing team's best player or one of the opposing team's best players. And I don't know if that's where Kyle Anderson truly is at his best defensively. I think that Kyle Anderson is at his best defensively when it comes to playing off ball, when it comes to playing within a team concept, especially when it comes to being one of the minds that can help the defense overall make adjustments, make better rotations, make better switches, things such as that. With Dylan Brooks being back, I think that what that allows for Kyle Anderson to do is have the biggest worry of the defense more fall to Dylan, and Kyle can focus on the other things that he does well. Defensive rebounding, deflections, pickpockets. Kyle Anderson, for his size, is a tremendous one-on-one -on -one creator of steals with his long, with his length. It's incredible how he can create steals. But helping to create turnovers, helping to create deflections, helping to rotate, helping to be able to pick up on help defense, and helping to you know be a good source of defensive rebounding, all those responsibilities Kyle can now do a better job focusing on with Dylan Brooks back to take on the opposition's main score. So I do certainly think that the defense for Kyle will continue to improve. So the true version of Kyle Anderson that we're looking at, I feel, is someone whose offensive scoring is going to consistently improve, someone who realistically can stay in that 38 to 42% range, especially being a big threat 
from the corner when it comes to shooting threes. I think a true version of Kyle this year could be one of the best sources of corner three-point shooting in the league. I know that Keith Parrish from Fast Break Break uh, for Fast Break Breakfast has talked about it. I've wrote pieces over at Grizzly Bear Blues talking about the Grizzlies really utilizing the corner three. That's something that was Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks last year, Kyle Anderson this year. Kyle Anderson could be a great source of corner threes and be a good source of balancing out this offense when he's on the court. But the other big key is this. He's a solid source of rebounding, facilitation. Think his overall scoring is going to go as well. But if Kyle can get back to who he was last year defensively, now you clearly have a player in Kyle Anderson. And while he'll be kind of in that six-man role to start games, the thing that stands out about Kyle Anderson is he's one of your go-to guys in closing situations. It's no coincidence that when you take out Steven Adams, and you put in Kyle Anderson to play with Jaw, Melton Urbane, Dylan, and Jaron, the Grizzlies' production goes up. Their effectiveness on both ends of the court goes up. And the reason why Kyle helps is because now, with Dylan back and Kyle being able to go into more of his normal defensive role, the Grizzlies' defense overall could do a better job of making shots tougher for their opponents to find. As I mentioned yesterday, the Grizzlies over the past two weeks have been the worst team in the league when it comes to opponents' effective field goal percentage. That partly is due to luck, partly is just due to not making good rotations, but the Grizzlies have been one of the easiest team for teams for other teams to go against and consistently find high-percentage shots. If Kyle's defensive responsibilities now are more aligned with what he can be good at and what he normally can do with Dylan in the lineup, he can help make it harder for other teams to effectively find their shots. But another area where Kyle really helps, as I mentioned yesterday, is that the Grizzlies themselves have really struggled at consistently finding high-percentage shots to end their own offensive possessions. But the lineups that are doing the best at finding their own shots, they all include Kyle Anderson. Because he is a good option when it comes to catch-and-shoot threes, he's a good option at continuing to move the basketball, he's a good option himself when it comes to knowing when to shoot or knowing when to make the extra pass, and also his facilitation. So Kyle Anderson being in the lineup in high leverage in closing situations, his presence in the lineup helps the Grizzlies be the best versions of themselves to get these weaknesses that we're seeing from them back on track. So Kyle being off the bench is something that he settled into. I do feel his offensive production, especially his three-point shooting, can be sustained. And I do feel with Dylan Brooks back, you're going to see Kyle Anderson be, while it may not be a true difference-making version of a 3 and D wing, he'll be his own version of that with better defense, reliable three-point shooting, and just overall a good decision-maker that the Grizzlies can rely on at the four or the three in high-leverage situations. That's the true version of Kyle Anderson, and he can be very advantageous moving forward. But Kyle Anderson, we know a bit about him. We know what to expect from him now from his past and also what he's been this year. For Desmond Bain, it may be a little bit more uncertain, but what is certain is that his value will really get back going once his three-point shot starts to fall once again. But I can tell you this, one of the things that Desmond Bain, it always amazes me when it comes to him, is that he doesn't stress. He just knows that if things are not going his way, it's just part of the game, and eventually his strengths will shine through. In other words, no matter if he's having success or struggling, Desmond Bain is calm. And calm is the exact title of a great source that LeBron James uses and now you can use to make the most of your day. 
Do you want to know what makes LeBron James, LeBron James himself, King James? It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. As he says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. So if you head to Calm.com right now, locked it slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you can get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, you can join LeBron and using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium prescription or premium subscription at com.com slash locked on MBA. Com.com slash locked on MBA. Another thing that I can tell you is this is that while Desmond Bain is calm, despite whether he has success or struggles, you can calmly make a better decision for each and every day that you want to enjoy a better daily diet by including Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar. That tastes like a candy bar. Having in the morning for breakfast, having in the afternoon has a snack. Whenever you choose to have it, it can certainly benefit your day. And the great thing is you can go to build.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. You also can choose from over 18 different flavors. So go to build.com, choose whatever flavor you want, and put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar at built.com. We can't thank you enough for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, both via podcast and YouTube. But hey, we now know the new rankings when it comes to the college football playoff rankings. What is your favorite college football team? Whoever it is, check out the Locked On Podcast Network show for your favorite college. All the latest. I know I love to listen to Locked On Balls with Eric Kane. Whoever you cheer for, make sure you check out the Locked On Podcast Network college football show of your choice as your second listen of the day after you check out Locked on Grizzlies. So when we talk about this second tier of impact players for the Grizzlies, Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, and DeAnthony Melton, the player that we know the most about is Kyle Anderson because we have the biggest track record of what to expect for him. Coming into this year, we knew he could rebound, we knew he could play defense, and we knew he could facilitate. Now, with the reliable shot, Kyle Anderson has become a better version of himself. And a true version of himself once I think his offense and his defense start to settle in normal ranges. Well, we don't have that much certainty about Desmond Bain simply because he has only been playing in the NBA now for a year, not even a year. You know, his first game wasn't until December 22nd of last year. But the thing that we do know about Desmond Bain is that his success, the biggest part of his game, and the most impactful way he helps the Grizzlies is with his three-point shot. But that's not all that Desmond Bain can offer. He's a good source of rebounding. He has shown better playmaking opportunities. He does what he can on defense. I don't think that he's a high-level defender, but I do think that he's doing a better job of not being a clear liability as well. But the thing where his bread and butter is made is his ability to score. And in October, Desmond Bain was averaging 18.8 points per game shooting 48% from the field, 43% from three, and 87% from the line. He was showing himself to be a very good bet to be a 50, 40, 90 level of production type player. 
But then, unfortunately, the month of no no October ended and the month of November came into focus, and it was just a complete drop-off in Dylan Bain's ability to shoot. One contributing factor may have been in that Portland game in which an elbow from Larry Nance Jr. came down on uh, Desmond Bain, caused him to have stitches. That probably was something that slowed him down a bit. Nobody can blame him from there. But overall, the three-point shooting, we've not seen Desmond Bain go through this lengthy amount of time struggling to shoot the three so far in this career. I don't know if he ever had this type of, of streak, though it's only been five or six games, of shooting threes like he has even since high school. In the month of November, Desmond Bain from the field is shooting 39% overall, 20% from three, and 100% from the free throw line. And his overall three-point attempts have fallen from around seven and a half in October to just over five in November. Now, the true version of Desmond Bain is not someone that's going to shoot 20% from three. He looked a little bit better on Monday night. He is going to eventually find his shot once again. And when he does, he's going to be back to being a very good player to support Ja, Dylan, and Jaron. And that best version of that player is the player that's in the starting lineup because the Grizzlies want to have that true source of shooting success and a true source of shooting surges to support Ja, Dylan, Jaron, and, and, and Stephen Adams if it's in the starting lineup. That is Desmond Bain's best role, is to be in that starting lineup as the main shooting source for the Grizzlies. But one other thing, though, that is a positive is that Desmond Bain has stepped up his ability as a three-level scorer. There is clearly a level of intent this year that was not there last year that Desmond Bain wants to show when it comes to his resourcefulness as a scorer. His ball handling overall has improved. His ability to be able to get to the rim on drives, his dribble drive impact, his go-to moves when it comes to ball handling, those have improved. His ability to create his own shot has certainly stepped up, not only from the mid-range, but also from three. But the point that I'm getting at is, is that there is a relevant and significant improvement when it comes to Desmond Bain's shot percentages, both at the rim and at the mid-range. And though his three-point shots have fallen off a bit, we obviously know he should be fine there. But the big improvement so far this year for Desmond Bain has been his improvement as a three-level scorer. And you have to feel that once his three-point shot finds its rhythm once again, he's going to be able to sustain that ability to be a three-level scorer, to be the Grizzlies' probably fourth option when he's on this court when it comes to scoring, but a very good one as a catch-and-shoot three-point option, but also as someone who, in a pinch, can create his own shot, and you have to feel confident that it is the best shot for that offensive possession. Because just like Kyle Anderson, when I was talking about those lineups, of the Grizzlies that are the best when it comes to effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage, Desmond Bain is a part of those lineups as well. Because not only is he accurate on his shots from three, and he's improved his accuracy from the rim and in the mid-range, he also is very good at making the right decisions of knowing when and where to take his shots. So having that type of presence in the starting lineup and potentially having that type of presence once his threes start falling, once again, if the Grizzlies are in need of offense, is a very good way to utilize Desmond Bain. Yes, he may not be as much of a preference, in my opinion, for high leverage and closing lineups like Melton and Kyle Anderson are to go with Jaw, Dylan, and Jaron. But in a situation where you need offense and in a situation where you've got to have consistency finding the right shot, that's where Desmond Bain comes into play beyond being the, main, the Grizzlies' main three-point shooter. 
So the true version of Desmond Bain, I don't know if it's who he was in October, but I do feel it is a player who easily can shoot in the high 40s when it comes to his field goal percentage, over 40% from three, or maybe five to six attempts per game when it comes to three, and a very good shooting percentage at the line. But it's also someone who has a fourth scoring option when he's on the court, a third or fourth scoring option, can not only be there to spot up for threes when passes come his way, but also can flash as an alternate way of success if teams are trying to take his three-point shot away Desmond Bain can also now create off the dribble at the rim and in the mid-range much better than he could last year. So I do think that that's a sustainable part of his game. A more resourceful scorer Desmond Bain is. I do feel that's the true version of himself now compared to last year. And I think as that three-point shot of his starts falling at the normal rate that he's shown, that 40% or better rate, you're going to once again see a very valuable offensive piece for the Grizzlies to be able to utilize when they need to get their offensive, when they need to get their offensive production consistent. But of course, when we talk about consistency, the two-way impact of DeAnthony Melton truly was something that shined last year. But now DeAnthony Melton with Dylan back is someone that has shifted from the starting lineup to the bench. And while there may be a case for DeAnthony Melton to start over Desmond Bain in terms of overall impact, I actually think that he is at his most advantageous off the bench and then in closing lineups. I'll discuss in just a moment. But the thing that I will also say is this, is that right now it, it seems pretty hard to bet on the Grizzlies when it comes to how consistent, you know, inconsistent they are when playing. But if you're someone that does consistently like to bet and wager on sports, the best place for you to do that is betonline.ag. I just spoke to Dave Mason this past Sunday from betonline.ag about odds that really pertain to the Grizzlies. And betonline.ag is back and better than ever. It remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On From basketball, football, baseball, you know, the baseball postseason is now over, but baseball futures are out and postseason bets are out. NHL, boxing, and UFC, BetOnline is your source. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, BetOnline, where the game starts. Can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Want to highly encourage you for your second listen of the day to check out Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They have had a great track record of predicting good and intelligent bets to make over the past few weeks. Make sure you check them out for the best bets of the day. Locked On Bets is your second listen of the day. On tomorrow's Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we will preview the game against the Los Angeles Clippers and how the Grizzlies really are going to need to improve their consistency when it comes to playing some veteran teams throughout the rest of November. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So in this second tier of players, again, at the first of the show, I, I basically categorize the Grizzlies in four sets of three. First, second, third, and fourth tier of the 12 players on the Grizzlies who at some point in time have had a relevant rotation role based off their level of impact. We know that Ja, Dylan, and Jaron are the tier that's most impactful on the Grizzlies' chances to perform well. But the second tier of Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, and DeAnthony Melton, we've seen two versions of each of these players this season. What is the true version of each of these players? Well, we talked about Kyle Anderson, we talked about Desmond Bain. Now, it's DeAnthony Melton. And for DeAnthony Melton, the thing that stands out is this. You've got a player 
who is very unique in the type of success that he has. A player that can create his own shot has really stepped up his three-point game on offense, but on defense, it's not necessarily him being that effective as an on-ball defender, but just as an overall havoc creator, creating steals, deflection, it's anticipating the right passes, being someone that has a guard that can really rebound and block shots well, being that freelancer on defense that can, can really cause havoc, especially on the perimeter. That is something that we have clearly seen DeAnthony Melton be able to do. And the biggest thing that we've seen DeAnthony Melton be able to do is have the potential to literally take over games defensively, literally turn the momentum in the Grizzlies' favor. He's done it in the first half of games. He's done it right after halftime. He's also done it to end games against Golden State, who's emerging as the best team in the league. It was DeAnthony Melton that was the biggest reason why the Grizzlies were able to come back in that game despite being down. 19 points. But we know this about DeAnthony Melton. We know how big of an impact his defense can make. But why, in what position, in what role in the rotation is DeAnthony Melton probably his most advantageous? In my opinion, for his offense, which starting in October, Melton was averaging 13.7 points per game, shooting 43% from the field, 43% from three. In November, he's fallen down to 35% from the field and 25% from three. He's likely somewhere in the middle. I think that that uh, DeAnthony Melton is a 43 to 45% from the field shooter who can you know do what he can in different areas of the court. But I do think he's about a 35 to 38% three-point shooter. He's someone that can hold his own offensively. But another thing that clearly stands out about DeAnthony Melton is that even though he's not started many games, he clearly is much more of an effective player off the bench than he is starting games. And I know this may not be what many want to hear. I know that the whole thing about this year was to feature DeAnthony Melton more. But just because you're not starting him doesn't mean you cannot feature him to the level that'll make a difference. The thing that I'm getting at is, is that I think that the best way to utilize DeAnthony Melton, especially if Coach Jenkins wants to have his preference of having a true shooting source, his best shooting source on the team in Desmond Bain in the starting lineup, the best thing for DeAnthony Melton to be is coming off the bench as a reliable source of shooting. I call it shooting surges. You see the Grizzlies really playing at their best when they have that shooting surge, that player in the first half of games or the second half of games that can make two or three threes within a two or three minute time to really get the Grizzlies momentum going. That is something DeAnthony Melkin can do on offense. And then if you combine his overall offensive skill and his obvious defensive impact, if you can get considerable stretches of DeAnthony Melton being able to do that against other teams' reserves, that's where DeAnthony Melton is his own most advantageous, and that's where he's making his big impact. You have him do that through the first two and a half to three quarters of games. You've got him being a big reason why you can win those bench minutes when the two bench units for the Grizzlies and their opposition are on the court together. DeAnthony Melton can be a shining star in those moments, but then you still have him be a part of the closing lineups because along with you know, Desmond Bain and Kyle Anderson helping Jaw and Jaron keep the offense consistent. DeAnthony Melton adds an element to the Grizzlies' defense where you've got, not Bain, but you've got, you've got Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks out there being the main guys really trying to keep the defense in place position-wise, you know, rotation-wise, all that. But now you've got DeAnthony Melton and Jaron 
DeAnthony on the perimeter, Jaron in the in the low post, causing havoc, creating turnovers, creating you know disruption, all that different stuff. DeAnthony Melton, the path to getting DeAnthony Melton to be at his most advantageous could be for the majority of the game him really being productive against other teams' bench units, but in high leverage and closing moments, he's out there on the court with Jaw Dylan, Kyle Anderson, and Jaron Jackson Jr. So that's where you find the true version of Des or, or DeAnthony Melton that may be the most advantageous. A player that's probably going to shoot, you know, in the low to mid 40s, you know, from the field, 35 to 38% from three, multiple threes a game. But also you're talking about one of the best turnover causing players in the league. One of the few players who on the perimeter can actually take over a game. There's been multiple moments this year of DeAnthony Melton taking over a game through his defensive prowess. That will shine in high leverage and closing moments. But to get the most out of his offense and to make him most advantageous throughout the game, it could be utilizing him in those bench minutes and really featuring him as a as a source of shooting surges to go along with being a great source of turning defense into offense. So we know that Desmond Bain is going to be starting. We know that Kyle Anderson is going to be coming off the bench as well as DeAnthony Melton. But then the roles reverse where I think Melton and Kyle Anderson are two of the five best options with Ja, Dylan, and Jaron to be out there in high leverage in closing moments. At the end of the day, the point that I'm getting at is this. We now have an idea of what the true versions of Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, and Desmond Bain are. But we also have an understanding of how the Grizzlies can feature each of these players more than they were last year to be effective. Desmond Bain in that starting lineup being a shooting surge, being in the closing or high leverage lineups that the Grizzlies need offense. And then with the two-way impact of DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson, them being in that high leverage and closing lineups with Jaw, Dylan, and Jaron. But before that, earlier in the games, really being a great combo off the bench, that's how these players could be best utilized as the true versions of themselves start to come into focus as their numbers normalize. Every one of these players, this trio of players, success from them is critical to the Grizzlies' success this season. It, there's no there, there, no denying that the Grizzlies were at their best when DeAnthony Melton and, Dil, and, and Desmond Bain were playing at the levels that they were playing in October. But the level that Kyle Anderson has played in November has been a huge emergence to help this Grizzlies team at least stay afloat in some situations to have a 500 record. The true versions of each of these players will start to come more and more into focus. Their roles are also clearly defined, I feel, as well, to use them in the best ways possible. Now, it's taken two days before the Grizzlies get out on Thursday to face the L.A. Clippers. If the Grizzlies can put each of Slomo, Melton, as well as Bain in positions to succeed moving forward, it could be a big boost for Memphis. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Can't wait to be with you tomorrow. We'll preview the game against the LA Clippers and really start to discuss why the Grizzlies are going to need to find more sources of consistency beyond just Jaw and Dylan and their individual players. What schemes really could provide consistency with the Grizzlies? We'll discuss that tomorrow as well as previewing the LA Clippers game on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Have a great day.